Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Work More Podcast. I'm your host, Cami Bleast. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Today, I interviewed one of my dearest friends, Emily Collins, and she is just an incredible force, and I cannot wait for y'all to hear this podcast. She is not only an incredible fitness instructor, but friend and thought leader in the space of empowerment and diversity and education and encouragement among women. And her blog is incredible. Her social media is incredible. Just getting to sit and talk to her on a regular basis is the best thing ever. So I knew I had to have her on this podcast. I really wanted a chance to get to talk to her about her journey to become a fitness instructor and how she deals with the pressure and balancing work and this, how she motivates her clients, how she also deals with diversity within this space as a woman who is half black and half white and we dig in to how we as a wellness community can be doing better and we just had the best time kind of talking through small steps that people can make to be you know, feeling happier and healthier and how you can get involved in being an instructor if what she says resonates to you. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It was so fun to chat with Emily and there were so many incredible things that I learned in this conversation and I hope that you do too. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi. I'm so glad we could do this. I just happy to be here. Yeah. Well, so I love fun. like our friendship and as it's developed and getting to learn so much like about you and everything that you stand for and try to help people with. So I just knew I had to have you on the podcast. I'm oh excited. You're too kind. <laughs> Give the people what they want. Yeah, you're really hyping it up. <laughs> Get ready, people. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, but yeah, so I would love if you could like explain to people a little bit about yourself and like, you know, how you came into the fitness and wellness space, you know, and how you became an instructor. Yeah, sure. So I grew up um, playing sports and activities. So yeah. <laughs> dance, cheer, and All then the also track. I ran track um, pretty competitively in mm-hmm. high school. Nothing crazy. Um, and then I went to college at the University of Massachusetts in Amherst, and that's where I started taking group fitness classes. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I never, in high school, like, I would go to the YMCA here and there, but pretty much just sports was my workout. I didn't okay. really do my own thing. Um, so then when I got to college and I wasn't playing sports, I had no idea what to do in terms of working out. Mm-hmm. Like, I would go to the gym and just get on the elliptical for 30 minutes because I didn't know what else to do. And I was like, I don't don't know what, literally had no idea what to do. Um, I even got a job working at the gym, but I was like, still not sure what to do. Like just, I just, it was just a foreign land to me. I knew that I was interested in it and that I liked it and that it made me feel good when I worked out, but I had no idea what I was doing. So I found group fitness. Mm -hmm. UMass Amherst has like this amazing rec center and all these different group fitness offerings Mm. um and that's actually where I met my friend Eliza who I'm sure we'll get to later um but she was teaching a sort of a beat-based music-driven cardio kickboxing class okay and I got really into that so I started taking her class um three times a week Monday Wednesday Friday 4 45 I remember exactly it was like the routine when we would go my friends and I and it was fun it was like social and yeah Someone else told me what to do, so I didn't have to know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and I really liked the music aspect. I had never, since dance, really found fitness involved in music like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I loved it. I was hooked. But even then, I wasn't like, this is what I want to do with my life. Yeah. I, it never even really crossed my mind um, until after college. So mm. after college, similar thing. I moved into Boston, and I was like, what am I doing? What gym <laughs> do I go to? Where do I find these people? Um, and so I started taking some boxing classes and some cycling classes, and I started to feel like, hey, I, I think I could do this. Mm. Um on top of working my full-time yeah, job, which God. is, yeah, I, yes. Um, so I actually had reached out to Eliza just to kind of pick her brain. Like, Hey, at the time she was the only one who taught, um, her fitness method. Okay. And I said, I might be interested in auditioning for cycling or, or boxing or something. And she kind of said to me, hold on a second. Like I'm about to, mm. to start training instructors. Like just wait, wait for me. Like, let's do this. Um, so I got certified in her fitness method um, just about a year after graduating from college or a little okay. bit less um, and that was the beginning and then from there I got certified in boxing more traditional boxing um, still beat based stuff and then cool. um, indoor cycling That's awesome. so that was a very long-winded answer for no. now I do all of those things and um, I also work in operations for a staffing company so I kind of wear not many hats. It's really two hats. <laughs> I do professional stuff and then fitness stuff. And but they're big hats. And I'm I feel like mom. I think the thing that's tricky too is like I think people feel like you either are like deeply ingrained in the fitness world and you have to be all in, or you're just like, oh, I just like work a corporate job and like yeah. I don't really have a foot in that space. And like I think you do such a good job being able to do both. Like you have a traditional job in the sense of you're like nine to five, but then you also have this like other job that connects you to people in a different way and like totally um kind of like feeds into a different passion of yours and I think that's totally. important to find yeah and, it, and for me it's been um important to keep fitness fun I have mm. tried um in a couple of different ways to explore fitness that could potentially replace my full-time job yeah. and um it takes the fun out of it for me. Like, I think I, I really like the aspect that I don't have to do it yeah. um, to pay my bills. So yeah. um, it it allows me to bring that much more heart and passion to what I teach uh, because it's not like, oh, shit. And now I'm thinking about how many classes do I have this week and how yeah. much does that add up to? And my body hurts now, but I still have to teach four classes today. And I don't I don't know how people do it the full time. Oh, my gosh. Fitness. Oh, my gosh. So much respect for, for that grind. But I know. It's a different world, even than personal training. Like, personal training, I'm working with my clients, but I'm not doing the workout mm -hmm. with them. So it's a different ballgame when it comes to group and fitness yeah. and group instructing. And even sometimes, like, energy level and all of that kind of stuff. It's mm -hmm. just... It's totally different. Yeah. It's a it's a performance above above yeah. all. So it's exhausting mentally, of yeah. course, as well as physically. So yeah, so I have been able to keep it as fun, which is it's a great balance for me. Um, there are some days where it's like, how do I flip this switch and you know, close out my email and now teach a, a class and be present mm. for people when I have all this going on in the background. But um, it's great mental exercise as well. Yeah. Well, what would you say is like one of your favorite things about instructing and what would you say is kind of one of the like more surprising challenges that you find or that, you know, is more difficult for you? Hmm. Good question. Um, one of my favorite things, so as I mentioned, the thing that I loved about Kick It, the first mm -hmm. kind of group fitness that I got into was the music aspect mm -hmm. of it. And I never um, really realized that you could use music to drive you 
without it being dense, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, true. So, yeah, that's um, a good point. Yeah, music, like, I, I'd say the music aspect is what I'm most passionate about in, mm. in fitness, which is kind of a different answer than you yeah, know, I, I get it. from most people, but um, I think that the music can bring so much more to it than just the physical, so the mental release of, you know, the the lyrics of the song and the vibe of the song and how much dynamic you can bring to a workout by the playlist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Class can be like made or like broken by their music. Yeah. It is like if you're, especially anything that's so rhythm based. And even mm-hmm. if it's not, it's just like, if the music isn't motivating, you're kind of like, yeah, this blows. I don't mm-hmm. want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Motivating, but also like not just, I, I mean, and to each their own, but I don't want just like an EDM beat in my totally. head. Totally. For 45 minutes so yeah. I also like you know kind of an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. of, of a playlist and kind of curating more of an experience for people than, yeah, just, than just a workout um so that I love um something surprisingly difficult there and I, I know you can relate to this there are just days where you're just not feeling it and that's yeah. with any job right yeah. but um like I said when it's there's such a performance aspect mm-hmm. that you have to to show up and be literally without COVID literally yeah. in the spotlight and yeah. or on a stage and um whether your body's not feeling it or you just had a crappy day or something's going on outside of outside of the class so that is definitely a challenge um but yeah. I think what I've tried to do how I've tried to combat that is just being real with people mm-hmm. and you know no one's expecting you or maybe they are expecting you to show up with a smile on your face every day but like you know bringing it back down to I'm a human yeah and I had a crappy day and I don't know if you had a crappy day but we're gonna get through this together um it's kind of the way I've learned to I love deal that. with it yeah but then, yeah well and I think to your point like you said it's like there's not every day that you feel like showing up to your job but not every job do you have to like perform in front of a whole bunch of other people right and who provide, are expecting that energy yeah and provide like the one thing that people have been looking forward to all day or, totally like, it's hard for them to get there and then to for them to hear it's also hard for you to get there they're gonna be like great like yeah you know none of us want to be here so. <laughs> yeah. what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah exactly. God. so that's a challenge um but I feel like one of the things I love about group fitness especially like rhythm-based stuff I just started getting back into cycling is like the instructors just tend to be so motivating, so inspirational. It's just like you're honestly like at a motivational talk along with a workout. So when it comes to kind of having the things that you want to talk about or how to like motivate your clients, like how do you come up with ways to motivate them? And then on, in addition to that, not only within your class, but how do you stay motivated outside of your class to like work out on your own and like take care of yourself? So there's an element to bringing the motivation to your clients, but also the element like motivate you Mm, true good question um not to sound like a broken record but (laughs) no pun intended but music (laughs) um, is where I get a lot of my inspiration and um just kind of how songs make me feel and how I want Mm. them to make other people feel um to elaborate on that even if it's like a song that brings me back to a specific memory okay then what is that memory how was that memory special to me is it Mm. a feeling of being so present in a moment that was, you know, driving down the highway with the wind in your hair. And then yeah. how can I then sprinkle that into different songs that aren't mm. even, I don't know if it makes any sense, but like, yeah. so, you know, sprinkling that throughout so that it's one whole message that's yeah. centered maybe around this one song. I think that's right. when it kind of all, all comes to home. That's, that's one strategy. Um, I, it's going to sound so lame, but I follow a lot of like inspirational Instagram accounts yeah. and, and read quotes and um, poems and yeah. whatnot that um, 
I just, you know, sit and think about them and, you know, what can people learn from this and mm. how, you know, who, who else might relate to this and how can I tie it to current events and how can yeah. I, you know, speak to kind of, there's this concept that you learn in group fitness of like the audience of one. So I'm not mm. talking to a class of 45 people. I'm mm. talking to Susie in the second row who mm-hmm. might be going through something that relates to this quote. And then mm. chances are you're going to get Susie and you're going to get five other people who also are in a similar position to yeah. Susie. So um, kind of narrowing it down and not trying to hit so many messages at yeah. once. Um, and, you know, people will relate I more than you think. Yeah. Do you feel like that helps keep you motivated outside of your, like, fitness classes and stuff? You know, like, I think that's totally. sometimes the expectation. Like, people assume that as a personal trainer, like, I'm always motivated to work mm-hmm. out. I'm always excited to work out. And I'm like, no. Like, mm-hmm. after a full day of training people at gyms or in their gyms, the last thing I want to do is go to another gym yeah. and work out. No. Like, I dread it sometimes. And it's like, you know, like I said, that, that instructors are human. And, yeah. you know, people get their motivation from us. Well, guess what? I get my motivation from instructors too. Yeah. So whatever yeah. class, I, if I'm taking a class on an app or with another, you know, an instructor who's a friend, it's like I'm going to the person that I need in that day. Mm. Whether it's, you know, I kind of need a more chill workout where I'm just going to vibe, I know who to go to for that. Yeah. And so it's – um you know, I get my inspiration the same way that other yeah. people do. It's like, I, it doesn't always come from in here. Totally. That's for sure. Well, I think that's, you know, part of it is like why I have a job, why a lot yeah. of like, why it, many instructors or trainers have jobs. It's like, if you only rely on yourself to motivate mm-hmm. yourself, then oftentimes you're going to feel like you're not doing it as much yeah. as you want, or you're not, you know, giving the same amount of effort. So I love your idea of like, if I'm feeling this type of workout or I know this type of person teaches this mm-hmm. way, like that's what I need in this moment. And I think that's what I love about shifting how we think about movement is it isn't just like, can I go to the hardest class and burn the most calories and just check this thing off my list? It's like, what do I need no. from the day? Yeah. And maybe like that day you do just need like a full crazy sweat, mm-hmm. but it's also very okay to say like, I just want somebody who's going to like uplift me move my body, take it a little slower today. Right. And like, that's what I need. Yeah. Or some days it's like, yes, I could push through not wanting to do a hard workout and I could yeah. do a hard workout, but then how is that in turn going to make me feel tomorrow? Yeah. Because then chances are for me personally that I'm not going to work out for two days yeah. as opposed to just taking it a little bit easier one day. Mm-hmm. See how you feel the next day. Um, totally. I love that. Um, as someone who is like, I know you've grown up as an athlete and like very active. How do you feel like you've managed like even then, but also now, like the pressure to not only like perform a certain way, but I feel like athletes, it's like, there's this expectation that like fitness instructors and athletes and all we look a certain way too. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel like you, like even when you were younger, managed both the pressure to perform and to look a certain way? And how do you feel like that's affected you now as an adult? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in terms of looks, I, this is challenging because I, and I don't want to sound like a brat, but I, I like grew up naturally thin mm-hmm. and naturally um, thin, but also like muscular. Like yeah. I never really struggled with body image growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely had, like, I definitely got teased for being skinny. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, growing up in high school, I don't, I don't know if most of your females, your listeners are female. Sorry if there are any males listening to this, but I was a late bloomer. Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't you know, I hit puberty until I was 17. Wow. So there were definitely times in high school. It was like, well, why do I still look like I'm in middle school? And I just want to like pause on that because <laughs> I think it's like so effed up. 
that like so many people are striving to be like thin and small and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then like the people who are thin and small are getting made fun of because they're thin and small. It's like, you think that, Oh, if I just looked this way, then like people would treat me differently. But like, People who are going to make fun of you are going to make fun of you no matter what because they are insecure themselves. So they will always find something. Like you could look like you think it's amazing and you're still going to – somebody else is still going to think you're unattractive. So it's just Mm -hmm. such an endless, non-pleasing of anybody kind of cycle. And I just find it absurd that you're like probably look how many women feel that they would like to look and yet you still experience getting bullied and made fun of too. Yeah. Oh, totally. And that's – I mean part of that growing up is just – teenagers yeah too. It's true. And, you know it's people true. are just mean and I mean they don't get that much nicer but yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> I yeah I've been pretty lucky in that sense and maybe it's just um you know my my followers and who I choose to mm-hmm. kind of surround myself with mm-hmm. um I will say I feel more pressure around you know working in fitness and um having a certain lifestyle, so mm, eating a certain way absolutely. and working out X amount of times a day and uh, waking up early. I'm not an early riser. <laughs> like, I am not an early riser. I'm not a morning workout person. I used to teach 6 a.m. cycling classes, mm. like, five days a week, and I don't know how I ever did it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, not an early riser. I My favorite food is cheese. Like, mm. I eat whatever I want. Um I, over the last year, have gotten better about <laughs> not eating whatever I want whenever I want, yeah, yeah. but kind yeah. of, you know, everything in, in moderation, including moderation. Yes. Um, good, but, good note. Yes. <laughs> but that is where I feel more pressure in the, in the industry is, um, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, for sure I could be 10 pounds lighter if I didn't eat cheese and bread and love yeah. drinking wine and tequila, but like yeah. also I would not have all these moments of joy when I'm eating. Yeah. Cheese with my friends, like you. Um, so that is where I feel more of the pressure, but I really don't. It really doesn't bother me. Like that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, you know, yep. I could definitely wake up three hours earlier and have already worked mm-hmm. out and not be so stressed later in the day where I'm trying to squeeze everything in. But it's yeah. like, how do you feel like you've built that resilience to sort of say like, no, I, you know, I know you still experience pressure, but I think there are probably a lot of people listening who are like. I wish I could just be kind of more dismissive of those pressures Mm -hmm. or say like, no, like I'm just going to like, these are my like cheese and wine and happy pounds. And Mm -hmm. I'm just going to like accept them and like accept this. Like, how do you feel like you've built that resilience to sort of reject some of that typical pressure that we feel? Part of it, I think is just natural. Mm -hmm. I like, I I know that that's like not a a fun answer, but like I've just never been one to really harp on that stuff that much yeah I also have three sisters who are in high school mm-hmm. and so a lot of times I will like stop and ask myself like what I would want them to feel mm. in in certain situations and how I want them to you know yeah I could act online like I'm a beacon of health and, mm-hmm. and wellness or I could be real and you know yeah. allow the younger generation or different people who might need to see a, a real person and how you can balance things in your life like I there's so much dangerous stuff out there in terms of you know people that not to keep bringing it back to Instagram but people that people are following and people in the media and you look at you know celebrities and what they're what they're sharing and Mm -hmm. that's you know that's what girls are learning for sure and um I've just really always kind of tried to take a step back and think like Mm -hmm. what do I really want them to to see and to know um, I think that's a good 
I talked to clients about this before and I had conversations around this, but I think sometimes if you're, if you really struggle with like negative self-talk, one of the best things that you can do and like, this sounds, you know, cheesy, but it's like find a picture of yourself at like five or seven Mm -hmm. and like put that somewhere where you see regularly and think like, essentially when you say those mean things, you're saying that those mean things Mm -hmm. to this little girl inside of you, you know, like just this girl who still struggles, who still feels insecure, who still has these hurts and, and how would you actually want to speak to her? And most of the time we kind of forget that like we're in there Mm -hmm. and there's this like young, vulnerable person within us. And I think that when you think about it that way, you're like, Oh, I would never want to say that to my younger self. If she could really hear me, which she can, which sounds, I know very well, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, Oh, I would never want to speak to my daughter that way or my sister that way or my friend that way. Why would I allow it? Like myself. And sometimes you need like a visual reminder of yourself at that Mm -hmm. age to like, snap yourself out of it and be like, yeah, I got to stop doing that. I feel that. And there's definitely like, um, race elements of that too, Mm -hmm. that, that come into play because I like, of course more like probably more than, I don't want to say more than body stuff, but like a lot of times I'll get down to myself, like wish my hair was longer. I Mm -hmm. wish I could like curl my hair into that cute style that they do. But like Mm -hmm. my hair is just half curly, half straight because I'm half Mm -hmm. black and half white and it doesn't ever do what I want it to do. But then I, I do often think about like, okay, my children are like, might have, similar Mm -hmm. features and I don't ever want them to feel like you know their hair needs to be longer Mm -hmm. or straighter or curlier or more anything yeah Um, so that's a good point no I feel like well and that kind of it was a good segue into like what I wanted to talk with you about because I feel like I know you said you don't really struggle with body image the same way that I do and I don't think everybody has to struggle the same way that's why I want to talk to like a diverse group of people who are like oh that's not my struggle but here's this so I think that's great. Yeah, and I didn't mean to seem like I don't struggle. No, 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 I know. <laughs> but, but there's just yeah. different ways that each of us carry that mm-hmm. and different, like, that has been a major struggle for me, whereas, like, for some people, I have friends who's just like, yeah, of course, like, they feel insecure. We're women in, like, mm-hmm. this world. Yeah. But it's not something that, like, feels heavy with them. Yeah. Um, but I know, like, and you and I have had a lot of these, like, kind of conversations and stuff, but I would love to kind of know as someone, kind of how you mentioned, like, as a female who is half black and half white, like how do you navigate the societal pressures that come at it from both sides? Cause I feel like, you know, we've talked about this. It's like, there's this pressure, I think in like the white female culture to look this certain way. And then I think there's probably a different pressure in like the black female culture mm-hmm. to look a different way. And like, I don't know how much those overlap or like they're totally opposing, but how do you feel like you navigate kind of, that world and those pressures even like when it comes to how you feel like you identify yeah um that can be tricky I mean a lot of it comes down to even just like anatomy Mm -hmm. which like in terms of um my body like I definitely got some aspects from some nice aspects like all my dad's side my dad's the black side like Mm -hmm. my all of my the females on that side are like naturally very muscular looking Mm -hmm. and I'm like I feel like I kind of got that which is amazing yeah on my mom's side I guess on my dad's side too, but a lot of the women in my family are slender. Like mm. I have zero hips. Mm. I have a small butt. Like yeah. I, and like that's where that's a little bit more atypical on, yeah. on the black side, but that's definitely where like the whiteness comes in is yeah. like, <laughs> the no butt and no curves. Yeah. Um, I don't really feel like I've ever necessarily wanted to be more of either. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say that. Of course, everyone, you know, feels yeah. like they want to be skinnier or, like, 
both, right? Like, I right. want to be skinnier and have a bigger butt. Like, right. why can't I have I both of those things? And how come when I lose weight, I look like my butt gets smaller? I'm like, that's just not fair. <laughs> that's um, rude. Yeah, that's just rude. Um, but less about that and more, like, like I mentioned, like, attire that mm. I wear. Like, I um, tend to wear expensive athleisure yeah. <laughs> Whereas, yeah. um, that's like typically I mean and it does suck it's changed a little bit over the last year but like the brands that I wear all their models are white and blonde mm. typically and um you know how does that look to my followers of color that like those are kind of the brands that I support um uh, which I'm working on yeah know, right everyone's working on it um the other side of it is just how I show up mm. um not even just necessarily how I look but um how I carry myself it's definitely there's some pressures from either side so um a lot of you know just the environments that I've taught group fitness in just you know as a product of the environments most of my classes are usually white Mm -hmm. and so it's um a lot of it is just internalized but like don't play too much hip-hop or they might like think Mm -hmm. that you're like you know the black instructor but like if you play Taylor Swift you really like Taylor Swift but like are they gonna think you're like trying to be white and like how does you know that kind of balance is it's literally like something that I always try to balance you know do a little bit of both um and I try not to you know lose myself in the process of that and like what I actually want to do totally um I mean that's just I most people of of color can relate to that just any situation that you show up in is like trying to make people whether it's subconscious or not like make people more comfortable um and you know you don't want to be too aggressive or not yeah. aggressive enough and um yeah that's a, more of a less about physical appearance and more for sure vibes. but I think that that's a really important thing to acknowledge and like you know as someone who is why I've done a lot of work and trying to learn and I still like you have been so gracious in like the conversations we've been able to have but obviously I can't like don't be just reliant on like yeah. your black friends you know but I think that it is so helpful to have these conversations because it's like you never I never would have even thought of like the type of music that I play and like how it will be perceived Mm -hmm. in regards to like my race or even my gender you know or something like that and I think that you know the best way that we can build empathy and understanding is like have these conversations and to learn about each Mm -hmm. other and to learn about the pressures and to also acknowledge like that sucks like that sucks that it's just like you're constantly having to run yourself through a filter and then make sure that like you're still staying true to yourself mm-hmm. but you're trying to also navigate like what do all the people expect from me right around me and I think like as cheesy as this is it's like that just isn't a burden that I feel like is fair for you to have to carry or like any person of color to have to carry but we're all kind of learning that that is y'all's reality whether it's yeah. fair or not and I'm used to it whether yeah. that's like yeah, I, mean, I know that's not. yeah that's yeah. not like any any consolation to anyone but um I you know I grew up really loving country music and going to country yeah. concerts and then so it's like there's that dynamic there too it's like mm-hmm. I'm at a country concert and I'm like trying to be cool about the confederate flag at the truck that's yeah. next to the one that I'm tailgating at because like I'm cool half black girl you know <laughs> I mean? like it's fine it's cool like I'm comfortable right like you're right. comfortable we're good here so yeah. it's kind of something that's you know in all aspects of my life so well how do you feel like you know, the wellness community and the fit, because kind of even like you said, when it comes to even like the brands that you wear and stuff, like how can we as wellness, you know, people do better when it comes to more like diversity and inclusion and education? Mm -hmm. I think that there's, you know, simple ways for people to start and much more complicated ways, but do you feel like there's like 
places in which you're like, this would make a really big impact, or this could be really beneficial to a lot of people. Um, accessibility mm -hmm. is the one that comes to mind initially. So, I mean, wellness, if you're even talking about food. Yeah. Healthy food is so expensive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are people of color who live in, you know, similar middle-class environments like I do, where, mm -hmm. yes, I'm lucky enough to be able to afford to go to Whole Foods early, but <laughs> who can really afford to go to Whole Foods, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I have options, whereas yeah. Whole Foods doesn't even exist in, mm -hmm. in some neighborhoods, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, even healthy is expensive, and why is it so expensive when it's crazy? And same with exercise. Mm -hmm. For fitness is very expensive. Um, the clothes that we wear are very expensive, and how can we not only make it more accessible, but make it accessible in a way that, okay, now all, not in a way that all the people of color are going to one place and all the white people are going to another place because one's cheap and one's right, expensive. Like right, how right, can right. we all like, just collectively yeah. be more accessible? And yeah. I don't, you know, I don't have the answers for that because I don't, I don't own a studio and, yeah. you know, I know there are costs associated with yeah. rent and being in, you know, certain neighborhoods and sound systems and paying people and all yeah. of that. And because they're also, you know, then that's another discussion. If classes mm -hmm. are cheaper, then do instructors make less? And how are you going to find instructors that are willing to make less when they could go teach at a big brand and make more? You can have all white people in their yeah. class, you yeah. know? So yeah. I don't pretend to have all the answers, but that's no. what I see as the, you know, the biggest issue is just accessibility in general. Yeah, but I think that that is, like, a really good point. And I feel like that's the unfortunate reality of a lot of this sometimes is it is such a bigger issue. Like, it's not this like the most simple thing and I think the best thing that any of us can do is figure out like the little ways in which we in our own space in our own world can make mm -hmm. a difference or be intentional like even like you were saying like trying not to buy brands from solely companies who are not focusing on diversity whether it's from a gender perspective from a body size like perspective mm -hmm. from a race perspective totally. it's like yeah. how can we make sure that we ourselves are not staying pigeonholed and right I think one of the simple ways that I've done that too over this last year and longer is like trying to create more diversity even within my like social media feed. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's so easy to assume that like everything around you is the same for everyone else if your world is very small. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of us think that our world is very small and so we just don't realize like what's going on out yeah. there for a lot of other people. Yeah. And it's important to like not be so naive. Right. Like, we just... And also, you know, you can do it on an individual level, but also holding the brands that you love yeah. accountable because, you know, if one person commenting on an Instagram mm -hmm. post of, you know, why is, why don't you have any body diversity on your page mm -hmm. is probably not going to make a difference, but 10 people might, Yeah, and, you know, kind of, hopefully someone's reading that and yeah. um, I've seen a lot of people doing that, that I follow and I, mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Um, just little things yeah. like that. I mean, at the end of the day, it all comes down to big paychecks I somewhere know. up the road. So um, it's, it's, it's a definitely, it's like a loaded question. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. I know. Not one that we're going to answer right now I on this know, podcast. <laughs> Free fitness for everyone. Yeah, for all. Yeah. Um, well, kind of to sort of, you know, I feel like one of the things that even in all of these conversations we had, like both serious and, you know, like more lighthearted, I feel like you always are so positive and so inspiring. So I know kind of one of the things that you said was like following, you know, having social media accounts and that type of stuff, but how do you find things that inspire you and how do you make sure that you're like filling your mind and your world with just like things that encourage you and uplift you so that you can like continue to share those out with other people too? Mm -hmm. That's hard. 
Like, it, it definitely is hard. I definitely have weeks, days and weeks where I'm just like, I'm oh, going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I have to work, and then I probably should work out, and then i got to make dinner. And um, That's a hard one. Yeah. I just, um, I think I, the best answer I have is just that when I do see something that inspires me or something that I, comes to me that I feel passionate about, it's making sure that I, I share in that moment and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, if I find a really great resource that um, is speaking to me, sharing that with people yeah. in the moment so that, um, you know, then I, maybe other people do the same and then the next day where I'm in a funk, you know, I'll, I'll see something that, that sparks me. So, yeah, just, um, you know, obviously COVID has added like mm-hmm. a whole dynamic to that of mm-hmm. where every day kind of feels like Groundhog Day and totally. you're kind of just doing the same things all the time. Um, I've worked from home for almost three years now. Yeah just about three years now uh so before everyone else started working from home so um it's it's a challenge for sure Mm -hmm. it's like I feel like the answer is I don't have an answer yeah (laughs) that's okay sometimes not having an answer is the right answer it's totally fine and correct we're not expected to have all of the Mm -hmm. amazing right perfect answers Mm -hmm. um is there anything that you love to do to take care of yourself both mentally and physically whether self-care or just in general from like a lifestyle habit Let's see. We already talked about cheese. Oh, we love the cheese. <laughs> yeah. I know. What is your Instagram bio said? It says, like, loves cheese, doesn't do burpees, hates oh, yeah. burpees. Pro-carbs, anti-burpees. Pro-carbs, anti-burpees. Yes. I feel like all of my You clients... will not catch a burpee in a single one of my workouts, and that is a promise. Like, tattoo it on my body. I hate burpees. I don't think they're functional. I mean, they get the... They're brutal. They're they... brutal, yes, but 99% of the time, they're done incorrectly. That is absolutely true. Like, that I just see people slamming their bodies into the ground. I'm it's like, true. you're not enjoying it. Your body's not enjoying it. It's true. So burpees is not what I do for yeah, happiness. Um, happiness. <laughs> your, where's your happiness? Mentally, physically, um, emotionally. My happiness is honestly like in food and adventures. Mm. Um, and naps. Oh, naps are underrated. Like, I love naps. Yeah. Um, you know, just getting outside and, mm-hmm. and exploring new areas, um, most of which – like exhaust food, yeah. like going, you know, trying a restaurant in a new yeah. area, um, things like that. Like I just, I love to explore and we're in a big city mm-hmm. and seeing um, what's out there. Love it. And I know people. there's so much to do in LA. It's like the best. Mm-hmm. There's so much. So much. So oh. exploring, eating, drinking, napping, working out, I guess. <laughs> You're like, if I had to throw it in there. Because I should have had that in. <laughs> no, it's true. I always feel better after I do 100%. it. hundred percent. Yeah, it's definitely there's this resistance within us because your body doesn't like to, your body or your mind doesn't like to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but afterwards, you're always just like, God, I'm so glad so I did that. Glad. Nine times out of like, ten, you're so yeah. glad you did it. And you're like, okay, it's only 30, 45 minutes of my day. Yeah. yeah. Um, how, what makes you feel, like, worthy? Or where do you feel like you get your worthiness from? Mm. I'd say that's, like, husband, mm-hmm. my friends, my family. Um, that's definitely more in, in people around me than anything yeah. physical or monetary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. yeah. We're all about being worthy here. Worth more than all the other crap that's thrown at us. Yes. Focus on what's important. Mm-hmm. Well, if people are interested in kind of doing the Kick It by Eliza program, kind of yeah. like you do, or anything like you know, they want to start being an instructor. They don't know where to start. Like, what are some tips or ways that they can get connected to you or 
that opportunity or just yeah. in general getting started? Yeah. So in general getting started, my advice to people is always find a community that you want to be a part of first. Mm. I don't ever recommend, you know, following a studio on Instagram and being like, hey, that looks cool. I'm going to go audition. Mm. Become a member of the community first because not only are you going to make sure that that's somewhere that you want to be, but you're also going to build connections along the way that are going to help you and you're going to be taking class alongside someone that then of course they're going to want to come take your class because they were next to you and your vibes were awesome and you yeah. know you you talked in the locker room um so that's always my suggestion is become a part of the community first kick it specifically um I highly endorse as a great place to get started because yeah. um not only is it this amazing community where you know all of the instructors were all over the country mm-hmm. but we um we have a Facebook group where everyone you know shares tips and tricks and asks mm-hmm. questions and um kind of shares resources so it's a very I don't want to say it's hand-holding because it's not but it you have so much support yeah um, that it's a great kind of launch port launch port <laughs> launch port <laughs> launch point Maybe that a thing? <laughs> I don't even know if that's a thing um into just building the confidence that that yeah. you need to to do other things and um when the biggest thing I had to do when I got into fitness was finding my voice and mm. not trying to sound like my favorite instructors, but mm. you know, because they already exist and yeah. if someone wants their class, they'll go to their class. Mm. So, you know, finding my own voice and my own confidence is something that I learned in, um, in kick it, that kind of it. held me off my launch port. I know I need to try. I need to like do one of your little classes. You or something. I feel like you need to instruct and I'll be in the room just doing yeah. the class. <laughs> in, the background. in the background, I'll be like, can I, I would be, like, not be able to take that seriously. <laughs> one off to the side I am the least coordinated person dance stuff I love but it makes me feel so stressed out was never a dancer not my gift in life well but. you know that's the beauty of virtual fun. fitness I know you can do it here I'll be in my apartment five <laughs> minutes away I'll hide my camera for a while and be like this is probably enough of everyone no <laughs> no hiding cameras that's what I always say in my virtual classes I'm like uh, show up however you are like yeah. everyone's you're not alone everyone's here to support you if you're the only one with your camera off then you are alone <laughs> But if you're here with us, everyone looks stupid. It doesn't it's matter. It's so true. I love that. You are alone. Yeah. You choose to be alone then. Do you? Uh, well, um, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people follow you, find you? I'll share it too. But... Yeah. Instagram's easy. It's just Emily Collins. Okay. My full name. And then I have blog. a blog as yeah. well. Yep. It's called Do It How You Feel It. You can follow me back on Instagram as well. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. Of course.